hey, thanks for joining me on the Meg Ellison Show. 715-845-2155 if you want to weigh on this morning's topics. Talking a lot about that border bill, which really has nothing to do with the border, in my opinion. 715-845-2155. Good morning. You're on with Meg. Yeah. Uh, last week you had a pharmacist on talking about all the good health tips and everything. Is there any way to get a copy of that? Oh, sh- well, it yes. Um, it's... Uh, it's on our podcast. Uh, the pharmacist is Ben Fuchs, F-U-C-H-S. Ooh, that's okay. careful with that. Um, yeah. You know, and, and frankly, are you able to send me an email? Because it, it was uh, it was a rebroadcast. I was, I think, oh. I, if it was last week, the only, yeah. I think I was out sick um, one of those okay. days. But, yeah, but I, I can certainly, oh, no, I wasn't out sick then. I feel like I had, oh, I know, I was at a funeral. Okay, so... Um, I can email you the link. I mean, it'll, it'll be a little bit hard. I mean, you can go out to our podcast, and you're just going to have to scroll through to find okay. Ben Fuchs. Um, here, you know what I'll do? I'll tell you when it originally broadcast, if, if I can do this quickly. I usually use my thumb to uh, do all of, all of my work on my phone. I, so let me. I think it was last Wednesday. Yeah, well, and, and I know that was a rebroadcast. So let me oh, just okay. see if I can find Ben Fuchs, and I will tell you specifically what day it is so that when you go out to our WSAU.com and our podcasts, you'll hear. Let me just do it this way. I'm searching Ben Fuchs. Okay, so January 3rd is when oh. I um, originally interviewed him. So if you go out to WSAU.com, and then to the po- click on the podcast and look for January third. You just have to, you know, you just have to keep paging through, and you'll find it. And then you can listen to it uh, in its entirety again. But uh, yes, it was. Okay. And and yeah. I will actually, I will. I know a lot of people really like Ben, as as yeah. do I. I will get him back on. I've I've been trying to get him on somewhat semi regularly because I think he's a great guest. He is okay. Thanks a lot. You're welcome. Have a great day. You too. Thank you. 715-845-2155 if you'd like to join the conversation this morning. I got an email from a listener uh, that uh, commented on the border bill. He makes some great points. Andy, I'll just share his first name. Message to Republicans. Don't pass anything unless problems can be defined and then money being allocated to fixing the problem. The border has been this way for three years. The only difference now is our foreign affairs has deteriorated. Problems I see, but I am curious if the left can admit. Okay, I know it's a stretch. Number one, drug cartels. Number two, human trafficking. Number three, terrorists. Number four, sheer volume and logistics. You can't fix anything if you can't admit or define the problem. See, I don't even know. Deep down, do you think Democrats even acknowledge that we have a problem at the border? Take as an example... My home state of Minnesota. You know what I'm going to say? My birth state. It's not my home state. My home state is Wisconsin now. But uh, my birth state of Minnesota. So despite this historic border crisis that we can all admit, we can all see, uh, as Congressman Tom Tiffany said a few years ago, every state is a border state. We're all feeling the effects of this crisis at our nation's border. Democrats in Minnesota, get a load of this, want to make Minnesota a sanctuary for illegals. Can you imagine? Hey, that's going to, that, what, a, what a great tourism draw, right? I mean, who's going to want a vacation in Minnesota 
knowing that it's a sanctuary for illegals. And see, this is the problem, is that there are Democrats that can't even acknowledge that there is a significant disaster at our border. And, and I mean, again, it comes down to, uh, again, it always comes down to messaging. And I, I sincerely hope I'll be talking with um, Republican Party Wisconsin Chairman Brian Schimming after the 9 o'clock news this morning. I will say this to him about messaging. And, you know, unfortunately, because Republicans, individual Republicans are so individual-minded, not criticizing it, although sometimes it's frustrating. Uh, we can't, for whatever reason, we can't come up with uh, consistent messaging. And, and I mean, I would say, uh, you know, I don't want to fault the Republican Party per se, because perhaps they've given guidance to particular individuals, candidates, county parties. This is our messaging. And if we continue to repeat this ad nauseum, we will eventually permeate the brains of the weak-minded in our state, in our country. Uh, so, and, and again, if, if Democrats can't even acknowledge that we have a, you know, I'll just take out of this. Well, I mean, they're all tragic. Each one of them that this, uh, this listener that emailed me identified, uh, drug cartels. I mean, that's tragic. I mean, how many American citizens have died from fentanyl poisoning that has come across our border illegally number two human trafficking that is a human sex trafficking children are being trafficked into this country i mean why can't democrats acknowledge that why can't they acknowledge that the the problem is exacerbated by our borders being wide open by, in fact, I think it was a, a guest yesterday who said, you know, I don't even know if I want to characterize it anymore as our borders are porous so much as we are rolling out the red carpet for the illegals. I mean, we've obviously there's a there's an app that someone here in the United States is uh, responsible for uh, sharing with illegals that are coming into our country to help them navigate uh, the the perils of crossing our border illegally. Uh, again, we also have, if one terrorist crosses our border illegally, that's one too many. Again, why can't Democrats acknowledge that? Why can't they admit that it all has to do with the open borders? Again, sheer volume in logistics. So how many American citizens, how many American citizens are suffering as a result of the sanctuary cities that have popped up all over sanctuary states, Minnesota, I just talked about. They have yet to, uh, I guess, pass that, but they do. They are trying. The authors of the bill in Minnesota, and this is the 2024 legislative se session, they intend to keep working on behalf of illegals. Democrats are pushing a bill which was first introduced in 2023. Again, that would make Minnesota a sanctuary state. It's authored by, of course, two Democrats. Uh, the so-called North Star Act. Oh, aren't they masterful at their wordsmithing? There's nothing... Oh, it's, so, it's so maddening to me that uh, how far Minnesota has fallen. And I'll tell you, I've now heard it from three people, 
and independent. I mean, these are three separate conversations and three people that are completely unrelated to each other that have said Wisconsin is about 10 years behind Minnesota, meaning that maybe there's still some hope in Wisconsin, but we have kind of a world of pain that we are facing with regard to the four horsewomen of the apocalypse, the uh, legislators in black robes that are presently occupying the Supreme Court right now. And who's to say that, and maybe will it even take 10 years? Will it take five years? Will it take two years? I mean, I don't know how long it's going to take for these uh, these four legislators, these four that are uh, acting against our Constitution to transform, fundamentally transform the state of Wisconsin. We know that, you know what, I, I, I'm trying to, did I print this out? I wanted to share this. And I, and I, frankly, I got, I got a text yesterday. Well, last night I was already sleeping. I saw it this morning, but uh, gosh, where is it? I know I had it somewhere. Okay. So I'm going to share this with you. I saw this, uh, this text that I received from, uh, from Jessica McBride from Wisconsin right now. She sent this and it was a screenshot of what appeared, what appeared to be a screenshot from the Milwaukee Journal. And I mean, this is, this is, this is legit. I mean, I, I, I don't know if legit is the correct term. I, you know, I'm kind of fumbling right now because I swear I printed it out. Maybe I didn't print it, but I'll share this with you is that, uh, Wisconsin, and this is from Milwaukee journal. And again, I read it for your benefit. So I take one for the team so you don't have to. So here's, this is, this was published on, uh, in the Milwaukee Journal, um, Wisconsin voters were bombarded with ads last year. You will, I don't know, maybe you won't be surprised, but you'll be disgusted by this. I think Jessica characterized this as reprehensible. Uh, Wisconsin voters were bombarded with ads last year in the most expensive state court race in U.S. history. We all know. Janet Protasiewicz, but they probably didn't notice commercials paid for by Janet Protasiewicz's campaign featured a number of horses. And I was thinking to myself as I'm reading this, I'm like, really? I don't know if I remember that, but okay. Uh, and I don't know if you can still watch these these ads on YouTube if, if they were somehow captured. Uh, that, that unusual detail was never explained to voters until now when a campaign official claimed a crude reason. Get a load of this. Protosawitz's campaign for Wisconsin Supreme Court used a portion of its massive fundraising, $10 million, haul to hide horse figurines and feature neighing in ads as an apparent subliminal reference to baseless inside jokes about her opponent fornicating with horses. Protosawitz's campaign manager said, in a recent interview. I mean, this is, they, they are, this is published in the Milwaukee Journal. Protosawitz's campaign manager, Alejandro, hmm, interesting, Verdon, said in a January 25th appearance with a liberal podcaster that the campaign hid images of horses in negative campaign ads against former Justice Daniel Kelly and used audio of a horse neighing in one radio spot to convey the message he allegedly, he alleged came from focus groups that Kelly looked like a horse 
expletive. Okay, so you can fill in the blanks. This, this is the level of vitriol from those on the left. Do they hate us? Yes, of course they do. Does Janet Protasiewicz hate us? And of course, I think I saw something uh, further on in this article. Oh, the Protasiewicz campaign had no idea. Right. I'm sure. I'm sure. Oh, or, or I think Janet Protasiewicz herself had no idea. Oh, I doubt that. I doubt that very much. Okay, looking at the clock. I'm sorry I'm not able to take your calls this morning. However, or at least during this segment. However, I will be happy to take them shortly after the 930 news. So hang tight on the Meg Ellison Show on WSAU. 